1: put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. What's
2: going on everybody? It is your boy Dylan Matthews filling in on the John Chuckery Show. So I'm giving you a John Chuckery edition of the Hometown Take. Hanging with you until 9 o'clock. And then the Dopey Millennials going to take you the rest of the way from 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. We got a lot to talk about during that time, though. Before we get into it all, though, make sure you guys follow the radio station at 929 The Game. Follow myself at underscore... Dylan Matthews as well. Hope you all are having a stay. First of all, staying warm. And I hope you all are getting ready to have a happy holiday. Christmas this week. And New Year's uh, shortly after that. But we got a lot of sports to get into tonight. Falcons getting ready to take on the Ravens in a shorter week. This Saturday against the Baltimore Ravens on Christmas Eve. The Hawks back in action tomorrow. will react to what happened last night in State Farm Arena. The Hawks get a one-point win over the Orlando Magic and end the Magic's winning streak. They were pretty hot up until they uh, they met the Hawks. And Dansby. Dansby's gone. He's headed to the Shy town I've got some takes on him as well. We'll get into all of that. I've got a lot to say to Falcons fans. I've got a lot to say to Hawks fans we're gonna talk about my fantasy football failures this year as well because I haven't had a chance to vent about my fantasy football teams. I'm in six leagues this year, the most I've ever been in, and some of them, you know, I've been going okay and no, have had heartbreaking endings. Some of them not so great. So we'll get into all of that, and then also too, there is no John Chuckery tonight. He will be back with you guys sooner rather than later, but. We are going to continue on the rankum tradition. So at 840, not 1040, but 840, we're going to do a rank So make sure you guys are sending in your rank list. You can send those in to at 929 the game, or you can send them in to myself at underscore Dylan Matthews. So tweet me your rankums as well. 447-410929 that is the phone line and the Solomon Brothers Diamond Text line as well. So text me up if you got any rankums or questions or what have you. Let's start with the Hawks. They end another winning streak, like I said, against the Orlando Magic. Shouldn't have been that close, though. I don't think it should have been that close. You had a 13-point lead at one point in the fourth quarter. The Hawks have to find another way to finish. And we'll get more into this at 740. But you got to be consistent. I need more consistency out of the Atlanta Hawks. And you got you, you. have to finish better. I mean, fourth quarters have been a problem this year. So Hawks have to find a way to get that together. But we'll talk more about that at 740 as well. And the Falcons. Oh, getting sucker punched again, along with Falcons fans. They lose another close game. to the final score, Falcons go down against the New Orleans Aints. I'm still calling them Aints because I'm still angry. But just couldn't finish again. Just mistakes, self-inflicted wounds, shooting yourself in the foot. A lot of the reasons the Falcons are where they are this season, not just Sunday. But throughout the entire year, there have been a lot of games that we have left on the table and that have resulted in losses because the Falcons' personal errors, shooting themselves in the foot. So Falcons lose a close one. We'll talk about that them more in the next segment. And like I said, Dansby headed to Chi-Town, I'm happy for him, but now that We aren't bringing Dansby back. And I'm still not sure what exactly the plan is at shortstop. I'm guessing maybe it's Von Grissom. I don't know if we're going to bring in somebody else. That is yet to be seen. But I will say this. If the plan is to start Von Grissom at shortstop, okay. I'm okay with that. I've come to terms with that. I've come to terms with us losing Freddie Freeman and Dansby Swanson, two of of the faces of the Atlanta Braves for a long time. I've come to terms with losing them in back-to-back seasons. Am I happy about it? Not necessarily, but I've come to terms with it. However, I am going to say this. Since we did not bring Dansby back, I now need Alex Anthopoulos and the Atlanta Braves to bring back a specific guy. Since you didn't bring Dansby back, I need you to bring this guy back. I need you to extend this guy. I'll tell you who that guy is at 8 o'clock. So we got a lot to talk about tonight. But we'll go ahead, and, like I said, talk about the Hawks here for a couple of more minutes before we get back into them at 740. You know what? I think Ice Trey is back upon us. He's starting to get hot. I got some numbers for you guys. I'll bring up some more of these at 740. However, I will give you a few now. Over his last two games, Trey Young starting to get it going. He's starting to look like the Trey Young of last year when he was really carrying this team, really looking like the Trey Young back in 2021 when we made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. He's looking good again. Now, part of that is the Hawks are healthy, and they have more weapons now. DeJounte Murray is back. He came back last night. John Collins came back last night as well. Obviously, DeAndre Hunter is back in the fold after missing a couple of games. So, Trey Young over his last two games. Well, let me back it up just a little bit. Trey Young in the last five games, 27.8 points per game, 12.2 assists per game, shooting 42% from the field. 31.3% from the three-point line. You want to get that number up a little bit, but wait until I get to the next two games. And in the last five games, shooting 91.2% from the free throw line. Good numbers. Very good numbers. Now, listen to this. Trey Young over the last two games. Not a big sample size, but again, this is why I'm thinking Ice Trey is starting to come back. Over the last two games, 34 points per game, 11 assists, 47.2% when it comes to shooting from the field. 41.4% when it comes to shooting from the three. And 96.4% shooting from the free throw line, including going 12 of 12 last night against the Orlando Magic. So that shooting slump he's been in, we might see him starting to break out of that shooting slump. We just might be starting to see Trey Young get over that shooting slump he's been in during the start of the season. Now, I do, when it comes to the Hawks, they, they do have still a lot to get better at. They, they still have a lot of room for improvement. One of those things is rebounding. Now, when you talk about last night, the rebounding numbers aren't bad, but the rebounding overall this season is, There's a lot more to be desired there. Now, again, last night, you only lost the rebounding battle by four total, 45 to 41. Magic had more rebounds than the Hawks. But the Magic did have 10 offensive rebounds to the Hawks' six. And this is something that has been irking my soul all season long. When it comes time for the Hawks to get a big rebound, they need a stop. They got the stop, they got them to miss, and all they need to do is rebound the ball. They can't do it, and they're giving up way too many second-chance points. Way too many second-chance points for my liking. And that's really been a theme all season, in my opinion, for the Atlanta Hawks. You played pretty clean. Ten turnovers, the Magic only had eight, but still, ten turnovers, not bad. You only get, They only allowed 12 points off those ten turnovers, so that's good. And you got 21 points off the Magic eight, so that's okay. Points in the paint, you dominated in the paint, 62 points in the paint compared to the Magic's 48. Shooting-wise, you shot better from the three. You shot better from the field. You just got to – I just need the Hawks to finish their defensive possessions with rebounds without giving up offensive rebounds and second-chance points. That's really the one thing I feel like if the Hawks can get a a good – if they can really improve upon that. I think they will be a lot better, and I really think they can start stringing some wins together. And speaking of that, now that you got everybody healthy, I need the Hawks to – I would like to see them go on a little bit of a lengthy winning streak here. You got the Bulls coming up tomorrow, and you can catch that game right here on Sports Radio 92.9. The game, Tip uh, pregame at 7. Excuse me, tip is at 7.30. Mike Connie and Steve Holman will be with you for that broadcast. So you got the Bulls tomorrow, the Pistons on Friday, the Pacers next Tuesday, the 27th. Then you got a tough game, a couple of tough, actually, five tough games back-to-back. But these next four games, pretty winnable, especially these next three, pretty winnable. Chicago, Detroit, Indiana, Brooklyn. And Brooklyn's starting to get their act together a little bit, so that'll be a tough game, but still. This is a team that can compete, in my opinion, with the Brooklyn Nets. Then you got the Lakers, December 30th, the day after New Year's, Golden State. You play Golden State coming into 2023. Then you got Sacramento, the fighting Kevin Herders. And then the Lakers again, January 6th, as you go on a Western Conference road trip starting January 2nd. So going to find out a lot about the Hawks. One, Nate McMillan, and we'll get to some Nate McMillan sound here. At 7:40, when we talk more about the Hawks, we'll see just how much better the Hawks are at finishing games. Because Nate McMillan had a couple of comments on that today after practice, so we'll hear from him on that. We'll see if the Hawks can start to catch a rhythm, and, and now that they're pretty healthy, I know Clint Capella is still out, but now they're they've gotten healthier. If they can string a couple of wins together and start beating the teams they're supposed to beat not only beating the teams they're supposed to beat but beat them handedly so we're going to learn about the lot, a lot about the Hawks over these uh over this really next these next couple of games cuz you got some games that you should win you're going to have some tough games but those will be some good measuring stick games in my opinion to see where the Hawks stand when we're about you know a quarter away through the season so we will see what happens there but coming up next can we agree now Falcons fans that we have other issues besides quarterback can we agree on that I think yesterday showed us that okay you guys wanted to see Ritter you saw Ritter guess what the outcome wasn't much different and it Was it really the fault of Desmond Ritter? We've got other issues too. So we need to stop blaming everything on the quarterback position. Open our eyes and see what is really going wrong from game to game with the Atlanta Falcons. That's coming up in five minutes. It is the John Chuckery Show, hosted by your boy Dylan Matthews. Like I said, a hometown take edition of the John Chuckery Show We're back in five minutes talking about some Atlanta Falcons football right here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app.
3: T-Mobile has invested billions to
0: light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.
2: Sports Radio 92.9, the game. That's right, your boy Dylan Matthews giving you the hometown take here live in the Kia Studios, filling in for John Chuckery and the John Chuckery Show, keeping the seat warm for him until Chuckery's ready to come back. But in the meantime, we have some Atlanta Falcons football to talk about because, like I said in the beginning, another sucker Punch to the gut, the way the Falcons lost against New Orleans Aints on going on a potential game-tying or game-winning drive. Fourth and five, Desmond Ritter puts it right on the money to Drake London and Drake fumbles. Speaking of Drake, I know a lot of people have had their thoughts about Desmond Ritter's first start for the Atlanta Falcons. This was his first career game in the NFL and his first career start in the NFL. And a lot of people have had some things to say. I got something to say about it, too. And I think Drake said it best when talking about Desmond Ritter's first start. But I'm not really sure what else you expected. I'm not really sure what else y'all expected. But I'm not really sure what else you expected. Exactly. Thank you, Drizzy. I don't know what else you guys thought you were going to see. Did you think Desmond Ritter was going to come in here and not even come in here to Mercedes-Benz Stadium? Did you really think Desmond Ritter was going to go into the Caesars Superdome, whatever that dump is called now, and throw for 350 yards and four touchdowns? No. And I know some people didn't expect that, but I saw a lot of people bagging on Desmond Ritter like they expected him to do more than what he did. And now, let me preface what I'm about to say next. By saying this, Desmond Ritter did it like a rookie in moments, especially in the beginning of the game. But he settled in. Arthur Smith said as much. And just by watching the game, you can tell that Desmond Ritter settled in. Now, was Desmond Ritter the solution to Sunday? Not necessarily. But I can guarantee you he did not lose you the game on Sunday. He did it. You were in the game with Desmond Ritter. You were in a position to win with Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter kept a potential game-tying or and or game-winning drive alive. He didn't fumble the ball. Drake London did. And I'm not hating on Drake because he had a solid game, too, besides the fumble. But again, I'm not sure what you guys thought you were going to see. And I'm not talking to all Falcons, man. I'm just talking to some of y'all. I'm not sure what else you you guys were going to see. And guess what? Everybody, before we saw Desmond Ritter, everybody wanted to talk about Marcus Mariota, didn't do this, didn't do that. And again, was it time to move on to Desmond Ritter? Yes, it was. I'm not debating that. There's no discussion. It was time to move on to Desmond Ritter. It was time. But what I am going to say is Sunday should have showed everybody that the Falcons have deeper issues. The Falcons have more than one problem. The Falcons' sole problem isn't quarterback. The defense has to start faster. You got down 14 to nothing on Sunday. And this isn't the first time that something like this has happened. The defense has started slow in a multitude of games. That doesn't help a quarterback, especially a quarterback one in Marcus Mariota, who we know is a limited passer. And it doesn't help a rookie quarterback who's making his first start on the road in a hostile environment against a rival with playoff implications. A defense starting slow doesn't help that type of quarterback either. Another thing that doesn't help a rookie quarterback. Receivers couldn't get separation at times. And not only that, but do people realize, and I heard, shout out to Carl Dukes. He was talking about earlier today on Dukes and Bill. Do people realize that a lot of times the Falcons have an offensive set where they are only two-man routes, so there are only two receivers running out to catch the football? So if those two guys don't win, there's nowhere else to go with the football. But I'm not really sure what else you expected. Exactly. When you got guys running two-man routes, I don't know what you expect Desmond Ritter to do if those two guys don't win. He can't win the route for them. He can try to throw them open, but you can only do that to an extent. Now, you might be asking, "Well, why are we only running two man routes?" Well, I'll tell you. We're only the the Falcons are running two man routes because they need more guys to protect. They're doing max protections, so your rookie quarterback doesn't get crushed, and he still got sacked four times. But they're doing that so he doesn't get sacked eight times because this offensive line as we've seen before Desmond Ritter started, we've seen this with Marcus Mariota, isn't very good in pass protection. So between the two-man routes, receivers running those two-man routes can't get separation, and you're running two-man routes because your offensive line isn't very good at pass protection, and the defense got off to a slow start. I don't know what you guys wanted Desmond Ritter to necessarily do. He didn't have a lot of things going his way. And again, I'm not trying to defend Marcus Mariota down, but the same things were happening when Marcus Mariota was playing too. Everything wasn't Marcus Mariota's fault. And if you didn't learn that on Sunday, you should know now. So that's my thought. But on a brighter note, Tyler Algier, (laughs) Tyler Algier is a bad man, y'all. I mean, that dude is nice. And he has just been getting better and better and better throughout the season. 17 carries, 139 yards, 8.2 yards per carry with a touchdown, and he broke off a 43-yard run in the game as well. I am loving what I'm seeing from Tyler Algier. And he's an RB1 to me. Now, I know we got CP, but right now, and, again, I'm, I'm no offensive guru. I'm not Arthur Smith. But if I was Arthur Smith, if I was a head coach, I would have Cordell Patterson involved a little bit more in the passing game. I would still use him as a running back, of course, because he's electric in that area too. But I would have him involved a lot more in the passing game as well. Let's just – you know, every now and again, maybe throw him a couple swing passes, which they did. I do have to give them credit. We we saw that a little bit on Sunday. But get him involved in, in the screen game a little bit more. Let him go deep a couple of times. Again, which he did, but I just want to see it a little bit more. Just get Cordell Patterson involved in the passing game a little bit more because we know he can win in the passing game. So let CP run around a little bit. In the passing game, and let Tyler Algier get some more carries in the backfield. Now, the one thing about that is the the nice thing I should say about having Algier and CP in the backfield is, and this is something Arthur Smith brought up. You know, you don't have to overwork one single running back, which is good. You know, you're you're not overworking one guy, and you know, increasing the the possibility of an injury. So that is good. But, I mean, after seeing what Tyler Algier did on Sunday, how could you not want to see more of the guy? He does not go down after first contact. He is not afraid to run right through anybody. And not only is he good at reading the holes and knowing when to go north and south, But he can turn the burners on when he wants to as well. I mean, on that two point conversion when he had to get to the corner, it was basically a foot race. Oh, he got there. And he won that foot race. So just this combination of speed, power, his vision, his awareness, I love it all. And I think it's safe to say, moving forward, and I don't and you know, CP is obviously still under contract, and I want CP here as long as he can be here because he just makes your roster better and he is a great weapon to have just because of all the things he can do. But I think it's quite clear now who the RB1 of the future should be, and that's Tyler Algier. Before we hear Arthur Smith talk about Tyler Algier, I do want to hear Arthur Smith talk about something else when it comes to this Falcons run game. This running game is so good. And I and the one critique that I will have about Arthur Smith on Sunday in the Saints game is that we didn't get to the running game soon enough. And I understand that, you know, you wanted to get Desmond Ritter going. I understand that you wanted to take that shot at the beginning. I understand all that. Maybe that first drive, you know, you, you get that stuff out of the way. But I think that second drive, I think that second drive hurt us too because we went three and out on the first two drives. If I remember correctly, maybe we went four and out on the second drive. But we should have gotten to the running game. Way sooner than we did. That's the point. We got to the running game way too late, and Tyler Eustachio still had 17 carries, 139 yards, and a touchdown. And the team still ran for 231 yards and two touchdowns. And we got to the running game late, in my opinion. So, I really, really love seeing this Falcon this Falcons team run the ball. And the thing about it is too. They are running the ball with success even when teams are loading the box against them. That's why at this point I'm like, the Falcons are going to run on anybody. They're going to get their yards off. I mean, they've been fourth in running offense in in their rushing attack pretty much throughout the entire season, and we see why. It does not matter if you stack the box. It does not matter what you do on defense to try to stop the run. The Falcons are going to run the ball down your throat. They're going to get their yards point blank Period. So, before we take some phone calls here on the Falcons, and if you want to get in on the game, four four seven 929 we'll take your calls on the Falcons. But before we do that, let's hear from Arthur Smith on how the Falcons are having success on the ground against loaded boxes. There's a lot of things that go into it. I think our tight ends are doing a heck of a job, too. If you want to run the ball the way we do, you're going to need those guys in there. You're going to need the receivers to help. You Look at the big run Algier had uh, between – Zacchaeus, Hesse, and, and Drake, they really made that thing go. And obviously Tyler broke that first tackle, but that was a huge play in the game, but those those guys make a commitment to it. So it is is—it is all 11, it's not just me sitting up here, give me some uh, corny coaching cliche. It's uh, what we believe in, and there's a lot of things that we do, and uh, week in and week out, and our staff and those players have done a hell of a job. I believe it, I mean, you see it. Now again, this offensive line has had its troubles Pass protecting, but run blocking, one of the best offensive lines in the NFL when it comes to run blocking. So, there you go. Four four seven Let's get a call before we get out of here and talk uh, about the Atlanta Hawks in the next segment. We got Ryan, who's calling from Marietta. He wants to talk about a little Falcons football. Ryan, what's going on, man? Thanks for getting in the game. Hey, man. Appreciate you taking my
4: call. Yes, yeah, sir. I... Uh, Wanted to comment just on a couple of things. First of all, I think Tyler Algier. When we drafted him, I was so excited. Thought he was extremely underrated. I mean, he might not just be the steal for the Falcons in the draft, but he could be the steal of the draft. No doubt. Like he is a he's a he's a beast. I mean, the guy shows what he has. He runs hard. He runs like dudes are going to start making business decisions when uh, they look to go tackle him late in games. It's just going to happen. And by doing that, you get to move CP over to maybe a slot position and just move them around a little bit more. You know, if you utilize your assets that you have right now. Um, you know, I, I like what I saw in Ritter um, in the Saints game. I mean, go down 14 nothing within like a blink of an eye, and the kid just doesn't fold. Right. I think that shows a lot about his, his makeup and who he is as a player. Uh, we all know he can spin it. He can move around. Um, I would not go quarterback in this draft. Um, I know there are some options out there, but I would go defense heavy all the way, pass rush, and, uh, you know, interior lineman, whatever the best player available is, is at those positions, even corner. Um, you know, we've got a A.J. Terrell, but then you've got, a, oh, I can't remember his name, on the other side that got injured, is, is a little long in the tooth. Um, if there's a the number one corners available when we take, go ahead and grab that. And then with our newly found uh, cap room,
2: <laughs> right. bulk up
4: that offensive line. Like, get the best guys you can possibly get, and then let's see what Arthur Smith can do, what Desmond can do when he's not having to run for his life, get some talent around him, and, you know, let's see what this team can be. I mean, I think they've overachieved this year. You know, looking at Vegas and everything else, they they would agree. And uh, we've still got three more games left to play, and, man, oddly enough, we have a shot to make the playoffs, which is crazy, Because nobody wants to win the NFC South. So uh, thanks for taking my
2: call. Of course, Ryan. Great stuff. Thank you so much for calling from Marietta. And I agree with everything that Ryan said as well. I'm with you. First of all, I love the Atlanta Falcons, even though a lot of these games haven't worked out in our favor where we get the win. You cannot question the fight that this team has. There have been multiple occasions throughout this season where they've had to battle back. And they've battled back to make games interesting and have it, again, have it in their hands to where they can either tie the game or win the game. And they shoot themselves in the foot at the end, unfortunately. But they battled back to at least be in that situation. And Sunday was no different. Like Ryan said, Desmond could have easily folded. That game could have easily gone south. But we stayed with it, got back to our identity of running the football. Like I said, I think we got into it a little too late. But got back into that and got back into the football game and, again, put ourselves in a position to win. So I love the fight of the Atlanta Falcons, and I've loved it all season. And I'm with you. We need to draft defense. We need somebody to go next to AK. Still need somebody to go next to Grady. Could definitely use another corner because we don't know the status of Casey Hayward. And, you know, again, he's getting up there in age. So drafting all defense, I'm with you. Maybe some interior offensive linemen somewhere in there as well sprinkled in. And find some good offensive linemen maybe to uh, to spend some Mulan, some Scratch-O, as John Chuckery would say. But we'll keep taking your calls on the Falcons if you got them, 404-741-0929. But when we come back, the Hawks, again, take down the magic. I don't think it should have been that close. And I'll keep giving you some numbers like I did early on about why I think Ice Trey could be upon us. That's in five minutes right here on the hometown take live in the key studios on sports radio 929 the game and the odyssey app
0: we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one
2: Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Dylan Matthews here live in the Kia Studios giving you the hometown take up until 9 o'clock. Then we got the Dopey Millennials, Garrett Chapman and Caleb Johnson taking you from 9 to 11. Shout out to Garrett Chapman, by the way. He's uh, behind the other side of the glass making things rock rock and roll. We'll hear from uh, Garrett throughout the program. But... I do want to spend this segment talking about the Atlanta Hawks, and if you have any thoughts on the Atlanta Hawks or the Falcons, we'll take your phone calls, 404-741-0929. That's the phone line and the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line as well. If you want to text me or call me, hit me up. Also, make sure you hit me up as well, too, because even though there is no John Chuckery tonight, we are still going to carry on the John Chuckery tradition as I am the executive producer of the John Chuckery show. We are going to carry on the Chuckery tradition Tradition of a rankum on a Tuesday, so at eight forty, since I'm only until on nine at eight forty, we are going to do a rankum. So you can call in, text in, tweet me, whatever you want to do. We'll do a rankum at eight forty. So an hour from now, we'll be doing a rankum. So at underscore Dylan Matthews and at nine two nine the game. That's where you can tweet your rankums. If you want to call up again, the number is four four seven four one zero nine two nine, or you can text them in at the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line as well. Again, 404 929 But let's talk about the Atlanta Hawks. Again, good win against the Magic because the Magic were streaking. I believe they were on a five game win streak, and they get the dub 126 to 125. However, it shouldn't have been that close. It should not have been that close. Close. You had a 13-point lead in the fourth quarter. DeJounte Murray hit some game-winning free throws. So very good to have DeJounte back. He had two steals in the game as well. So good to have his active hands back in the passing lanes, getting steals and easy buckets for the Atlanta Hawks, turning offense into defense. He finished the game with 17 points, two steals, like I said, three assists, five rebounds as well. Trey Young, big night. 37 points, 13 assists, three rebounds for him as well. However, one thing I do want to talk about Trey Young has to stop turning the ball over because late in that game, he had two really bad turnovers that could have cost the Hawks the game. Luckily, DeJounte Murray bailed us out, hit those two free throws to win the game. There's too many times where I see Trey Young getting stuck in the air and trying to pass the ball away, and it turns into an easy intercepted pass by the defense. They go in on the other end and get an easy bucket. So that's one thing from Trey. Even though I gave you some numbers earlier, I'm going to give you some numbers again in a couple of minutes that suggest that he might be coming out of his shooting slump. I still need him to take care of the basketball a little bit better. So four turnovers for Trey last night against the Magic again. Need him to clean that up a little bit. But he did have 37 points, 13 assists, again, three rebounds. Had a fairly good game from Trey Young. Did what you expect Trey to do. Hit a deep logo three, stared Mo Wagner down. I love that. I mean, you can never hate on Trey swag. But one thing that was interesting, and I did like this from the Atlanta Hawks as well, as far as last night matchup goes. You can't do this every night. And I don't think you should do this against the Bulls. But they went a little small ball last night. A lot of shooting, a lot of playmaking out there. Starting lineup last night, Trey Young at the one, DeJounte at the two, Bogey Bogdanovich at the three, who's been hot lately. He wasn't necessarily hot last night, only two of eight from the three, four of 12 from the field, 10 points. But he had been hot as of late. Bogey started at the three, DeAndre Hunter at the four, and you put John Collins at the five, a little small ball. Death lineup, dude, is that what I see there? I liked it for last night. And it worked. I obviously got you the win. But I don't think you can do that every night. Especially not against the Chicago Bulls who you play tomorrow. Because the Bulls out-rebounded you in the worst way last time you played them. And luckily you did get a win in overtime by one point. But I don't think you can do that. I don't think you could do the small ball lineup against the Chicago Bulls. You got to start. Nyeka Yekka will give you some rebounding presence down low. However, the Hawks. Seven players in double figures last night. That's very, very good. Trey Young, as I said, had 37. DeJounte Murray had 17. Bogie Bogdanovich had 10. DeAndre Hunter, 16. John Collins, 12. Then off the bench, Onyeka Kangu, 11. A.J. Griffin, 19 points. Nice balanced scoring from the Atlanta Hawks. So. I hope that hopefully that continues. And, you know, I, I'm really starting to think. I think Trey Young is starting to, you know, trust his teammates a little bit more. At the beginning of the season, I think there might have been some questions around, you know, him maybe trying to do too much and take things into his own hands too much. I think he's starting to trust a lot more of his teammates now, especially the young Rook, A.J. Griffin, who had, like I said, 19 off the bench, another good night from him, three or four from three, eight of 13 from the field. But with seven players in double figures for that last night for the Atlanta Hawks, it reminded me of a quote from one misunderstood supervillain you might know as Thanos. The Hawks' balanced scoring last night reminded me of when Thanos said,
3: Perfectly balanced as all things should be.
2: Yes, perfectly balanced scoring as all things should be. This Atlanta Hawks team is too talented not to have a multitude of guys in double figures. Every single game. So, you know, we'll take your, we'll keep taking your thoughts, and we'll keep talking about the Atlanta Hawks here um, as we move on. 404-741-0929 If you want to talk about the Hawks, but we do have some people that want to talk about the Hawks right now. Let's go to Vern, who's out in Cobb. He's pissed off about the Hawks playing hero ball. A little bit, Vern. What's on your mind, man? Yes. Get it, get it off your chest. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I told
3: my role last night. We should not have to rely on miracles to win games. We, we had mm-hmm. a thirteen point lead with three minutes left in the fourth quarter, and what do we do? Everybody standing around the perimeter and watch Trey tricky dribble and and, and watch the <laughs> lead dwindle. And, and I mean, Trey is a great player. Don't please don't get me wrong, but I'm right. the guy. I'm a Hawks fan. I'm not. A Trey Young or John Con. I'm a Hawks fan, right? And Trey still got to get that hero out of him, man. I mean, make make the simple pass sometimes. It don't have to be. I mean, he took he took some a couple of two deep shots yesterday, and everybody was like, "No, no." <laughs> so we got to tighten that up. And 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 I don't know, man. I, I, it's it's befuddling because I see the talent of the team. But the, the head space, I, I think that's what a missing piece is. Our, our decision-making and, and, and our, our, our head space ain't there yet.
2: No, nah, I'm with you, Vern, and I appreciate the phone call, man. Thank you so much for calling from uh, Cobb County. I think Trey does m- too much of that, too. Again, there's too many times, and, and I've kind of come to terms with, Vern talked about him taking deep logo threes. I've kind of come to the term, where we have to just kind of accept the fact that he's going to do that two to three times a game. That's kind of just Trey Young, and that's kind of what he does. That's kind of how he keeps the defense honest. I don't like it, and I think he could choose better times to do it. But that that just kind of comes with the Trey Young territory. Bob Rathbun joined the Steakhouse this morning, and he talked about
0: something very similar to this. And Trey Young is going to do Trey Young things because Trey Young has done those things forever, right? And it's always worked, and it's frustrating sometimes. Right, well, it's frustrating when it doesn't work. Yes. No one talks about it when he hits that shot. No.
1: We, we like, wouldn't yeah! be talking about it. Everyone's
0: freaking out and having a great time. And it, like, Look, it's, it's a huge game-changing shot. Yeah. But when you take that shot, you better not miss. Right. So I get where you're coming from, and a lot of these people calling in, I get it. I get it. But Trey Young has always been that dude with the chip on his shoulder. Everyone's always doubted him. He's always been too small, or or he's not big enough, or, or he can't do this, he can't do that. Okay, fine. He's always proved the doubters wrong. He's done it time and time again. It, it, he did it in high school. They doubted him. He got to Oklahoma. They doubted him. And then he it drafted him in the top five. They still doubted him.
2: And they doubted him when they made the rule change. And, and then, then they he, made the
0: rule change. And, and then, then they're like, let "Oh,
2: the, he's just a he's just a,
0: a free throw merchant. That's all he is." And then he led what does the he league of doing? points
2: and assists. What does he keep doing?
0: <laughs> so it, people are like, "Oh, it doesn't work." It, it sure as hell, it looks like it's working. Mm-hmm. Hawks made to the Eastern Conference Finals. We've seen what this team can do, which is also lends itself to the frustrations. Of, of why this team should be doing more, and I, I think that was just it. Just comes to it comes to the territory. It's Trey Young, you're a superstar. You're gonna get hero ball. Yep. It is what it is.
2: Yeah, and, and you make a great point, and that's why I've kind. of – And that's why I said I, I've kind of come to terms with the fact that we're going to get those kind of shots about two to three times a game. The frustrating thing is when does he decide to take those shots? You know, if you're if you're you only need a two. And it's two minutes left in the game, you don't want to see that shot. Obviously, if it's a, you know, if you're, you're, if you're on a little hot streak, you' done hit two, three, threes in a row, you got a little lead, maybe a six-point lead. Okay, I don't mind that shot. You just got to pick and choose your spots. But that, again, like Garrett said, it comes with the ter- that comes with the territory. So you know, again, the main thing for me is Trey has to stop getting caught in the air and trying to make hero ball type passes. And again, I said this a little while back ago the ball sticks too much sometimes in Trey's hands. That's what Vern was alluding to when he talked about it. You don't want to see him playing hero ball late in the game. You have too many playmakers on this team for the ball to be sticking in Trey Young's hands late in the game. Move the ball around, make the defense work, move it around the perimeter. You got DeAndre Hunter. He can knock down a shot. John Collins can knock down a shot. Yeah, Bogey who can create his own shot. Dejounte Murray can create his own shot. A.J. Griffin's a sniper, but he can go to the rack too. So you have other playmakers and other guys who can get shots on this team and come up big for you. So I agree in that aspect of Hero Ball, but again, it does come with the territory. So I think it's more about Trey Young needing to pick and choose his spots better. I've got a couple more things I want to say about the Atlanta Hawks. We'll do that on the other side. We will also continue to get to your calls on the other side. So, Chuck from Villa Ricker, hang on. We'll get to you. Corey calling from Riverdale, we will get to you as well. We'll talk some more Atlanta Hawks basketball on the other side. Don't go anywhere in five minutes. We're talking more Hawks basketball right here on the Hometown Take, live in the Key studios with your boy Dylan Matthews on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app.